and welcome to another edition of the First and Orange Broncos podcast. I'm Kyle Fredrickson, joined by Ryan O'Halloran. We cover the Broncos for the Denver Post. We're here to break down the Broncos matchup with the Chiefs and a few different storylines that you guys have been following this week. And Ryan, we'd be remiss not to start with Chad Kelly. Let's put a kind of a nail in the coffin on this thing. Maybe me and you are, are both tired of writing and thinking about it, but clearly it's uh, you know the kind of thing that draws clicks, draws headlines. Um the Broncos have moved on. They moved on quickly. Uh, kind of knee-jerk reaction for you when you saw they decided to part ways with Kelly rather than maybe suspend him, which for me personally I thought was kind of more likely as soon as we heard the news. Well, I thought two options, and I listed five on Twitter on Tuesday. Uh, one was deactivate him. He still get his check. Um, or cut him. And they moved swiftly. Um, you know, I asked Vance Joseph on Wednesday, was there a pattern of behavior from Chad Kelly that warranted other discipline. He said no pattern. I mean, I have a tough time really buying that because this was a quick decision. I think a couple factors played into it. One, the nature of the alleged crime, you know, walking in on a family. Chad Kelly's lucky he wasn't injured. because yeah, Or shot and killed. Yeah, yeah. You know, a guy protecting his home uh, could have pulled out gun or hit him with a driver or three wood and <laughs> then what so I think the the fact that he harmed potentially put a, a woman and a small child in, in in danger made that decision easier and second of all they don't see him as a backup quarterback in the future i mean yeah. maybe they bring him back next year Just d- despite the kelly calls i mean the, the, he was clearly a, a fan favorite he, he was, he was productive play. but what, what makes you say that uh, i've been told there was very little chance of him playing unless it was injury this right. was case keenum's team uh, you know, Case played better against Arizona. I don't buy the fact that they wanted to get a look at Chad Kelly late in the season because I don't think they're thinking about late in the season and not being competitive. So um, I don't think he was going to see the field despite the clamoring of the fan base. Is this deserving to be added to the long list of Elway misfires? Now five quarterbacks drafted, none on the roster. This is unique because. Elway doesn't have control of what Kelly's doing at a, a late night party and, and how much alcohol he consumes, but is it another knock on him? Is that deserved? Um, I, I would say not. I mean, it was a seventh round pick, Mr. Irrelevant. Paxton Lynch, he deserves all the blame. That was a first round pick, $20 million. Financially, this is not a big hit, and he was not a starting player. Um, he won the number two job because Paxton Lynch was a complete and utter debacle at quarterback, and they moved Chad up. So, I mean, it's a nice nugget, but I don't think it's reflective on the overall quarterback problem uh, in this organization. Right, and not to take this issue too lightly, but the nature of the crime is just so unusual and strange. Getting, you know, hit with an aluminum vacuum tube, wandering into someone's house. I've covered some some strange incidents at Oklahoma State. There was a couple players who fell asleep in the drive-through of a Whataburger, and you know that's kind of a wacky arrest story. Ryan, for you, is, where does this rank on kind of the the weird? arrests weird player discipline things you've seen i mean there's, there's got to be some some real strange ones you've dealt with right yeah i saw some people poking fun at the vacuum tube and stuff there's no there's no poking around there's no making fun of this incident and yeah. uh, anybody who does what didn't read the police report um you know this this ranks up there with just a bizarre one i mean how many doors did he try and open at yeah. that apartment complex before he found one open you know, Dwayne Gratz was a Jaguars corner a couple years ago, and uh, he was there on their bye week. He was down in Miami. He got arrested for disorderly conduct because he was, 
intoxicated at a convenience store and tried to pay for his stuff with gum. Oh, and he couldn't understand why they didn't want to take his gum as currency. And so they called the cops and got arrested. So uh, that that ranks on the weird one. This was more just the, this was this was an alarming incident. Yeah. And I think the Broncos, if Chad Kelly would have fell asleep at the drive-through to Whataburger. He probably would have been deactivated. Right. Uh, this was a different kind of uh, alleged crime, and the Broncos obviously felt it was serious enough to warrant his cut. Right, for sure. So as we move ahead, uh, the Broncos uh, do have Kevin Hogan now as their backup, a Stanford quarterback. Uh, had a story about him in the post. You can find that online today uh, at denverpost.com as well. You can learn more about how the Broncos plan to fill that vacancy that Kelly leaves open. But as we move forward, Ryan, we're writing about uh, some positive things this week. We're writing about some stuff that uh, maybe uh, Broncos fans will be more happy to read about, myself included, writing something on Andy Janovich. Uh, He's a fullback who's been incredibly versatile for these Broncos. Uh, Is fullback kind of a dying position in the league? I went through, it looked like 18 teams. Uh, I'll have to check again those numbers as well. Uh, You have used a fullback on offense this year. Trends-wise, you've seen the way the Broncos have used is he a rare bird in the NFL these days? I think he is, and I was I was going to guess about half the league had a fullback on the roster, so it got close on that one. Um, it's a cyclical thing. It, it, it's all dependent on who your coordinator is. Um, with Janovich, I, I think he probably does play a more unique role because he does line up at H-back. He does motion out to, to receiver, play the slot. A couple weeks ago, we speculated maybe he takes some of Jake Butts snaps and stuff like that it looks like he has i mean he has one carry and two catches yet (laughs) yet you see 32 all over the field making a block or uh you know helping downfield with with another kind of block so i think he serves a purpose to this team and uh you know uh, as long as bill musgrave is a fullback guy i think he likes having that as a luxury yeah and looking just a little closer at janovich's usage uh he's got 234 snaps now in eight games uh, accounting for 21 percent of the broncos offense uh you mentioned the versatility and the one catch he had uh an impressive grab 34 yards against the chiefs in week four uh brian parker tight end joking with me later uh that Ant janovich has been hanging around them asking to run some more routes ever since uh clearly uh something that he He's joked about, but being a guy who's 6'1", 238, uh, you, something maybe we've glossed over in talking about him so far uh, is his physicality as a blocker. I mean, he has just pancaked some linebackers. You know, talking to uh, a couple of uh, the linebackers on the Broncos teams, they've seen him break face masks before. Uh, you know, to have a physical blocker like that, is that sort of unheralded in the Broncos' rushing success? Freeman and Lindsey get so much love, but it seems like this train doesn't go unless Jano's out there leading the charge, right? Um, yeah, in short yardage stuff. Off. The broken face mask, I'll to believe that. But, you know, <laughs> okay. t- yeah, I'd be interested to see that story. Right. Um, where Janovich is worth could be increased this week is Royce Freeman has a practice this week, high ankle, maybe they hold him out. Do you want a guy in front of Lindsay to maybe create that little bit of crease? Because Royce is your bulldozer. He can run through guys. Phil Lindsay's a different kind of runner, so maybe Janovich's playtime goes up this week. And, you know, he's had missed blocks like everybody else in the run game, but, uh, you know, a pleasant surprise. And, you know, we'll move over to Max Garcia, another guy you uh, talked to this week. Left guard for every game the last two years, didn't play a snap until he was trying to give him the right guard job, Ron Leary. 
gets injured now back to left what did he have to say about what he's uh, been going through yeah you know here's a, a guy who clearly doesn't have a ton of experience like you mentioned but coming in from florida left guard was the position that he held out down his entire time as a gator made you know 20 plus starts at the position so in terms of familiarity you know he's right where he'd like to be in terms of understanding uh where he needs to be on each play and, and how he needs to work in tandem with the guys next to him uh, such a crucial element for offensive line play that's that's ingrained in him you know this is not a position uh, that's foreign to Garcia at all and in the reporting of the story I, one thing that I found pretty cool uh, was that Ron Leary really kind of gave him his blessing and all of this saying hey man this is your time I'm a vet you know I've, I'm injured uh, this is sort of your opportunity to show what you've got at the position that you want to play so you know I don't know that to this point Garcia has been so stellar um, that the Broncos have you know as much confidence as they would have in him as Leary at that position um, but through the next few games Ryan he, he's going to have his opportunity what have you made of, of the impact that Garcia's had uh and kind of playing multiple positions on this line yeah well he struggled against the Rams they probably would have went back to McGovern at right guard to start this last game with Garcia me yeah, I get he gave up four pressures uh to the Rams but he played a cleaner game against Arizona had one bad run so I think when a guy hasn't played in a while it takes him a little bit to get his bearings again and uh he's not great or else he would have started somewhere else on this line yeah. uh, but I think he's a big body in the run game who sort of knows how to get in the way and understands angles and you know is taking advantage of all that experience he got in 16 and 17 Gotcha. So, Ryan, as we start to wrap up things here, let's make some predictions. Let's let's talk about the outcome of this game. Uh, the Broncos, heavy underdogs. What is it, 10 points? Is, is that what it was? Uh, I'm going to ask you first, how does this play out and, and why? Um, I picked the uh, Chiefs 30-24. Uh, to 24. I think that's what I picked. Uh, it's a 10-point spread. Um, I think the, the Broncos should like some of their matchups. They should be able to move the ball against Kansas City if they can protect Keenum. You know, Freeman's a big loss if he doesn't play. But I think Philip Lindsay is ready for that big role. Uh, that said, I have the Chiefs winning because they just have so much on offense that even if the Broncos win a couple possessions and get a turnover, the Chiefs score touchdowns in the red zone. So that's going to be the key if the Broncos pull the upset. If they get in there, make them kick it instead of pass it. Right. I'm going to kind of go in the same vein as you say 38-30 to 30 in this game. I think it's going to be a little eerily similar to that Week 4 matchup. Broncos show that they can play three quarters with this team, maybe three and a half. But when you got Patrick Mahomes and what he's been able to do late in games, um, I just don't know that the Broncos have an answer. So not the sort of back-breaking loss uh, that once again sends the season into sort of that tailspin mode, uh, but certainly enough to show that the Chiefs are, are in a class of their own. Well, what it does is set up a you know, must-win against Houston next week, or else the chatter is going to start again, yeah. as it should. But you mentioned that first game. The Broncos in that first half against Kansas City did just about everything right, and they only led by three. You have to play a perfect game against Kansas City in Kansas City, and I don't think this that's very difficult to do, so that's why the Chiefs will win. Gotcha. Some good perspective there, Ryan. On that, we will end things. I'll sign off for Ryan and the First in Orange podcast. We appreciate you guys listening in. Hit that subscribe button. Uh, check out all of our work at denverpost.com, and you can read us every single day in the print edition of the Denver Post. We will see you guys for the next podcast.